love Lucy. And I'm Diana, and I, you know, like Lucy. And this is My Favorite Redhead, the podcast where I show Diana every I Love Lucy episode in order, and then we discuss them together until she and all of you love Lucy too. So this week's episode is number four, The Handcuffs. So it starts off with Fred performing magic for Ethel and the Ricardos, and everybody is like aggressively bored <laughs> and so he has this pair of trick handcuffs it started off with like a make it appear sort of thing and everybody was like that's cool friend but then he got out this pair of trick handcuffs and of course they surmised that he would need an audience member so lucy's like get this over with and she just like easily gets the handcuffs off him and he's kind of huffy and so the mertzes leave and ethel's like I- ignore him it's fine so they leave then Ricky mentions to Lucy that he has to learn this part for a TV show because the audition is that was the audition or the rehearsal? Oh gosh, I don't remember. Well, he has to get ready for this TV show. His whatever he has to do is that night. And but Lucy was kind of hoping that it'd be date night. She thought they were going to dinner and a movie, and he was like, "What?" And she's like, "Well, I decided that, and I just assumed that you were going <laughs> to ask me." And he was like, "Yeah, n- no." So, he sits down to learn his lines, and they do the, I think, my, well, my mom pointed out that we think it's the first time they did the, use the clock as a time lapse. Yeah, I, I think so. Where the hands just circle around the face. Mm-hmm. And Lucy comes back in, and he's asleep, and she has found a pair of Fred's handcuffs, and she slips one on her wrist and one on his wrist, and he wakes up, and he's like, lol, that's funny, but take them off. And she was like, well, this way, you know, Monday night is going to be my night. And he's like, okay, cool. Anyway, take them off. And then she tries, and they don't come off. And she's like, but they came off easily when, you know, I got them off of Fred. But now they're not coming off. So the Mertzes run upstairs. And they're like, wait, no, Mm -hmm. stop. But they're too late. And what happened was Lucy had gotten into Fred's chest of shit that he has from his vodka Mm -hmm. days. And she got the wrong handcuffs. These are not the trick handcuffs. These are real handcuffs. And they're apparently from around, like, the Civil War. And Fred doesn't have the key. And this reminded me of the beard. Mm-hmm. When she tries to do something. Yeah, and that. Everything he has is too old. The mustache, right. So they've decided. It takes him a little bit of, like, fussing around. And eventually, I think it's Fred who's like, we should call a locksmith. (laughs) And they're like, oh, that's a great idea. So they get on the, well, it's already too late to call a locksmith's office. So they have to call the guy at home. And like, can you imagine the horror of being like, you're looking for somebody's profession and they're like, well, if they're not in the office, call him at home. They actually have his number there. Like, that sucks. I'm glad we don't live in that time anymore. (laughs) So they call him, they call the locksmith at home, and you only hear Lucy's side of the conversation, but it's very funny. And uh, of course, nobody's gonna make a house call at that time of night. It's like 8 30 or something. Mm-hmm. Nobody's gonna make a house call. So they call everyone in the book, and of course, nobody's gonna come over that night. So Ricky is being pissy because, of course, he's missed his audition or rehearsal or whatever. He hasn't had any time to prepare, and now he's stuck to Lucy, <laughs> and nobody's gonna come over until the next day. So he gets real like shirty in Spanish which is very funny so full disclosure I have seen this scene I do feel like for the purpose of the show I do have Mm -hmm. to disclaim when I have seen a scene and um, I don't remember where I saw it it's on TV sometime and uh, so so they're trying to get undressed to go to bed and of course they're both wearing jackets 
So that's not great, because of course you can get it off one arm, but the other arm <laughs> is stuck together, so they can't do that. And then they're trying to get their shoes off, but they keep trying to use the hand that's attached to the other one. So they end up in this, like, pretzel position with them taking <laughs> off each other's shoes. It was so much. It was, this whole scene is just buffoonery to the nth degree. So they get into bed, but Lucy can't sleep on her back. So they end up on the other side, but so she can sleep on her stomach, but she doesn't want to be on Ricky's side of the bed. So she has this idea about how she's going to switch their arms <laughs> somehow. So there's this other pretzel situation where she's like flipping over him and he's flipping over her. And of course she has to guide him through all of this. And he just has no idea what the hell she's doing. And at one point they're stuck butt to butt with their arms between their <laughs> legs. At one point he falls on the floor. Yeah. It's just, it's just so much. And in the end, of course, they end up right back where they started because they're handcuffed together. Yeah. You can't just like wiggle it to the other wrist. So of course she still wants to sleep on her side of the bed, but on her stomach. And so they figure out the only way for that to work is if their heads are at the feet of their bed. And their feet are up by their pillows. And, of course, that's not ideal, but it's the only way to do it. And, of course, Ricky knocks off immediately because men. (laughs) Anyway, teamwork is what marriage is all about. So the next morning, Ethel comes in with a locksmith. And the Ricardos, of course, come out of their bedroom dressed in the same clothes as the night before because, as we know, they couldn't get changed. Mm -hmm. So, nice little bit of continuity there. (laughs) The locksmith is immediately obsessed with Ricky because his wife is a giant fan. And this dude is a talker. This dude cannot stay on track no matter what. So, of course, they haven't slept at all. They're annoyed. Ricky is, like, panicking because of his TV show that he's supposed to be doing. And the locksmith just is not helping at all. Well, he's very impressed that they have these 1860s handcuffs. But, of course, he goes through this giant key ring and doesn't have anything that'll fit. And he's like, well, I just happen to have a collection of keys. Handcuff key. Antique handcuff keys. Because he's a weirdo. Real niche collection. Yeah. Not that we don't have our own little niche collections, but... (laughs) I can't judge him. (laughs) No, but my dude. Which, of course, he left at home. I have to assume Ethel told him most of the story. And he was like, I'll just bring over my modern keys for front doors or whatever. (laughs) So anyway, he has to go all the way home, and he says it'll take him two hours to get there. And they're like, where do you live? And he's like, Yonkers. Which, (laughs) I'm from California, so I don't get that joke, but, you know, we've all done public transit Mm -hmm. at one or another time in our lives, so, lol, New York joke. (laughs) So he calls back, and Ricky's like, no, 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 because it's getting late. He's like, don't come here. Go to the studio. Go to the studio. And Lucy's like, what took him so long? It took five, it's been five hours. And he said, would you believe he locked himself out of his house? (laughs) because the dude so anyway so they run down to the studio and he's having a fight with Jerry because Jerry's like you gotta go on and he's like I'm not going on attached to her and she's like excuse you and Jerry was like okay but if you don't go then I'm gonna be homeless and my wife and kids are gonna have nothing to eat which is that escalated quickly but anyway so he was just like well just get out there and Ricky was like alright we're gonna do this but you know be good and she was like okay because, you know, you see where this is going. <laughs> you so, see the show. Yes. So, another adorable woman, who I believe was referred to as female MC, 
Yeah. She was super cute, and she had the cutest shoes. I was gagging. So she introduces him, and he comes out, and he's just standing in front of the curtain. Like, it feels really weird to see Ricky Ricardo as a wallflower. (laughs) But, of course, he had to keep Lucy behind the curtain, right? So he's trying to have this very natural conversation. She tries to shake his hand, which, of course, he can't do because it's his right hand that's attached to Lucy. And so Lucy, like, sticks her arm, like, between his arm and his torso. And so her... Very feminine, unjacketed, by the way, bare naked arm with her painted fingernails <laughs> is acting as his right arm, and it's very funny. I feel like they've done this before too. Oh, it was um, was the 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 French guy, the dance thing. The Adagio. Yes, that's the one. Remember when he was out the window? Yeah. <laughs> and so she was trying to talk, and he yeah. was her arms. So it's it's that gag, but it's still funny. So she's doing actually a pretty good job. And so then he sings a song called Santiago Chile, and he's trying to get his left hand to match Lucy's right hand, and it's very funny, but it works. And then all of a sudden the locksmith arrives on stage, but he runs back behind the curtain and gets them all undone to raucous applause. So... Wild. It's so it's so funny that he comes on stage. Like, I know. You have to see that they're filming. Yeah, and everybody's just fine. They're like, oh, there's just a crazy man on stage now. Yeah. Anyway, on with the show. Yeah, that's television for you. Yeah. Alrighty, so this aired October 6th, 1952, and was filmed May 16th, 1952. It was written by Jess Oppenheimer, Madeline Pugh, and Bob Carroll Jr., and directed by Mark Daniels. So, some of the wraparound footage that they use in the I Love Lucy movie was actually filmed during the filming of this episode. Oh, neat. So, that's a fun little tidbit there. It was the 37th episode produced and the 39th to air, because those extra episodes that they filmed at the end of season one, they got all mixed up in order. It's very funny. It was based on the My Favorite Husband radio episode, Liz and George are Handcuffed. Oh, And in that episode, there's, like, this little neighborhood boy that Liz plays Mm. with sometimes because he doesn't have any kids his age around to play with, and she doesn't want him to be lonely. So they were hanging out and doing make-believe, and he was playing Dick Tracy, Mm. and he slapped the handcuffs on George and Liz, but it turned out they weren't the handcuffs from his junior detective kit, and were actually an antique pair that he found in his parents' attic. Uh-oh. So they end up in the same spot as Lucy and Ricky. I feel like this is a pretty classic, especially in, like, kids' TV shows. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's yeah. a trope that becomes a thing. I don't yeah. know if it's specifically from Lucy or if this kind of popularized it, yeah. but I have a little segment here in my notes about that, too. Mm-hmm. So, after Liz and George get freed from the handcuffs, uh, she somehow accidentally gets herself handcuffed again to an important work client of his. So, you know, bad luck with handcuffs that week, I guess. Yeah. So that's a whole thing. Bob and Madeline actually worked out the physical comedy of the bedroom scene. Oh, wow. Where Lucy and Ricky were handcuffed together, because, you know, they're a writing team, so Mm -hmm. they figured that out together and then they gave the notes and the bit and everything to the director mark daniels and he practiced it with his wife emily who coincidentally was a camera coordinator (laughs) on i love lucy and after they worked it out then they gave all their notes to lucy and desi 
And then they, while they were filming it, they were both wearing ace bandages on their wrists so that Mm -hmm. the handcuffs wouldn't injure them or hurt them in any way. So that was smart because they might have. Yeah. And we also get a reference to the diet when Ricky rather rudely comments on Lucy having Mm -hmm. gained 22 pounds. And since I also am from California, I had to try and understand the whole Yonkers bit. (laughs) And so it's like 13 miles from where the Ricardos live. So that makes sense that it would take two hours to get there and back with public transportation. And that also makes sense the way they're like, good lord, when he, (laughs) you know, said where he was from. So that was funny. Will Wright played the locksmith, Mr. Walters. He was born in 1894, and he actually worked in newspapers before beginning his acting career in vaudeville. Hmm. So everybody has some completely unrelated job before they start acting and then eventually end up on I Love Lucy. He started getting work in radio, like bit parts, and then in movies, and eventually on TV. And he was in that movie, The Major and the Minor, the Mm. Ginger Rogers movie where she pretends to be a child. Mm. And, yeah, (laughs) he also appeared in All the King's Men, and he voiced Friend Owl in Bambi. Aww. So that's pretty cool. He had recurring roles on The Lone Ranger, The Andy Griffith Show, and Father Knows Best, and we will see him again in guest roles on I Love Lucy. And Jerry the Agent was played by Paul Dubov. He was born in 1918, and he had small roles in Gunsmoke, Make Room for Daddy, That Girl, and Perry Mason. And he also worked extensively as a screenwriter. Mm. He and his wife and his writing partner, Gwen Bagney, developed the series Honey West, which starred Anne Francis as a cool female detective. Ooh, we love that. Yeah. And obviously this part of Jerry the Agent is usually played by Jerry Hausner, and I'm not sure if he, like, wasn't available for this filming or if this was during one of those times when he and Desi had fallen out <laughs> and so he wasn't welcome on the show, but either way. It was during one of their broken up periods. Yeah, but he will come back and we'll see him again. So the woman who interviewed Ricky, which the character is just billed as the girl MC mm-hmm. in the credits, she was played by Viola Vaughn. She was born in 1918 and had small roles in movies and shows like Burma Convoy and The Lone Wolf. Hmm. She eventually married Frank Nelson, who's the actor who played Freddie Fillmore. Hmm. So that's fun. And, you know, like we said earlier, two characters being handcuffed together has become like a popular sitcom trope in the years since. And it's been used on shows like Green Acres and Three's Company, two of my favorites. And we did have another little production goof here. Ricky had taken his tie off before they went to bed, but then when they get up in the morning Mm. and they're all, you know, disheveled, his tie is back on. But other than that, um, what did you think of the episode? I thought it was uh, really funny. This one is kind of in contrast to the previous one in that almost every funny part was physical Mm -hmm. rather than verbal. So, um, I did think the pacing was a little weird, but you know, not, <laughs> pacing is hard, <laughs> so <Yeah>. whatever. <laughs> but, um, the, uh, the bedroom gag was, was pretty funny. Yeah. I, I, I really actually did love, my, probably my favorite part was when he's performing Santiago Chile, and 
Lucy's pretending to be his right yeah. arm. I, I love, like, his little mini interview where she's, like, he's trying to think and she's, like, tapping his face yeah. and she's, like, polishing her nails on his lapel. And it just, I thought that was very funny. Yeah. That's my favorite part, too. Like, those, I've seen this so many times and those hand gestures just never stop being funny to me. Like, the one when he says in his song, from your first how do you do to your last adios, and she yeah. does the, like, you know, hand And something about the 4th of gestures. July, and she does four yeah. fingers. So it's like, she knows the song. Yeah. <laughs> so it's cute that, you know, because she doesn't always know his numbers, but you know yeah. she knows this one because she knows where all the places are. So, so I thought that was really cute. Yeah, that was really fun. How do you feel about some pop culture? Oh, we love pop culture. Yes, we do. So, just to start off with, obviously, the most important thing, we see our boy Fred using a pack of Philip Morris cigarettes mm-hmm. in his magic trick, and we discuss them in Lucy Plays Cupid, but they've also just come up a bunch of times because they're the show's sponsor. You want to do the thing? Call for Philip Morris! <laughs> it never gets old. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways... Houdini. <laughs> we had a mention. We had to put anyways Houdini on his yeah. shirt. <laughs> we had a mention of the boy, Harry Houdini. And so he obviously was a famous musician and... Musician, my God. I'm on one. I'm just... <laughs> so Harry Houdini, he was a magician with magic, not music, <laughs> and escape artist, and he was born in Budapest in 1874. So his birth name was Eric Weiss, but Mm -hmm. he took his stage name in honor of his hero, the magician Robert Houdin. And he was a huge sensation in his day, and he even got to perform in silent films, but apparently his movie career was a little bit of a flop, but, like, nobody remembers that. Everybody just remembers that he was an amazing magician. Nobody is, like, criticizing him. That his movies didn't make bank. Well, he wasn't a triple threat, so I guess. No legacy for you. Yeah, you can't win Drag Race. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so he's like a really fascinating guy and we could easily talk about him all day. If you want to hear that story. Yes. Give us that five star rating and review and we will see what we can whip up for you. So moving right along. Ben-Hur... Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Lucy's oh, like, her. I haven't seen a movie since some guy named Ben won a chariot race. So that's a reference to Ben-Hur, mm-hmm. which was an epic 1925 silent film starring Ramon Navarro, who is hot. <laughs> <laughs> and so it has that famous chariot race scene, which has been like referenced and parodied a bunch in movies and TV since. And, like, pretty much everyone in Hollywood at the time made it into the audience of the chariot race, including John and Lionel Barrymore. Nice. Lillian and Dorothy Gish. Mary Pickford. Mm. Myrna Loy. Carol Lombard. Lucy's pal. (laughs) Harold Lloyd. And... Joan Crawford. I knew I knew <laughs> one of the one of the faves had to be in there. <laughs> I had to save her for last. Of course. <laughs> Where would we be without the drama? Yes. And that's what she provides. <laughs> sure, that's her. Yes. I forgot to mention on the last episode that Gloria Blondell's sister, Joan Blondell, was depicted in Ryan Murphy's feud. Played by Kathy Bates, 
and Feud is about Joan Crawford and Betty Davis. Is that the only Ryan Murphy show I haven't sat through? I don't know. I feel like it's the last one. I actually enjoyed it. All right. It's like not. Uh, there's some liberties taken with that. You know what? I enjoyed but, Hollywood. I'm gonna say it. I liked Hollywood. I know it's not historically accurate, but you know history sucks sometimes. Sometimes you have to tell a good story that diverges from history. The feud is mostly accurate, but it also just has some embellishments for the sake of telling the story. Yeah, the way that they want to tell it. So it's fine. I enjoyed it very much. Yeah, so we got another reference to Fred Astaire, who we discussed in the Adagio. Freddy Stare. Yeah. <laughs> he was pretty great, so fun to hear him mention. So the song in Santiago, Chile, was written by Albert Gaines and Jimmy Carroll. It was originally recorded by Xavier Cougat, who we've also mm-hmm. mentioned and discussed many times, in 1951. And I think Ricky's version was very fun, very cute. And finally... Can we call it a duet? I kind of want to call it a duet. Yeah, it kind of was. Uh, The curtain call music they play right after Ricky's performance is called A Romantic Guy Eye. Ooh! Which is very funny. Like, any time you have a comma in a song title, I'm like, I'm listening. (laughs) I love punctuation. She does. She's an editor. (laughs) So it was written by Bud Shank and Bob Cooper... And it became the theme song for the Bob Cummings show. And that is mostly of note because Bob Cummings will go on to guest star on the Lucy Desi Comedy Hour. Ooh. In the episode that's also about pearls. Wow. Yeah. I mean, not that this one was about pearls, but it's just a coincidence. Because the other last week. one yeah. that we listened, watched recently. So just really quick, my first introduction to this plot device trope thingy was... The Dexter's Lab episode, mm-hmm. Unfortunate Cookie, do you remember? Yeah. When he got stuck to Dee Dee. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, they used, they didn't use handcuffs, they used a, a finger trap, you know, where you put a finger in each end of this yeah. little, like, woven paper tube, and the more you try to pull apart, the more it tightens. And the actual way to fix it is to push together, and mm-hmm. that pops it off. So that's what I was thinking about the whole time. I was like, is that... Was that that Dexter's Lab episode? So it's, it's that kind of like, it's the get-along shirt, essentially, yeah. where you have to, you're stuck to each other for a long time. Those um, finger traps gave me anxiety as a child. I bet, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're pretty, they're, they do that. Yeah. So, did you have any favorite lines? Okay, so I only have a couple because, like I said, it's mostly physical comedy. Um... I like when Lucy was on the phone with the locksmith and she was like, no, we didn't escape from jail. (laughs) Because, I mean, she sounds indignant and she honestly has no right to sound indignant. No. So we're like, we're like, what, four episodes into season two at this point? And girl, that's an honest question. Yeah. (laughs) And the second one is when they're getting ready to go out on stage and Ricky turns to her and says, now no funny stuff. (laughs) Because you know she was planning funny stuff. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, she followed through with the funny stuff. She absolutely did. So I liked when Fred said, those are old Civil War handcuffs. And Ethel's like, (laughs) have you been saving them since then? Yeah. And when the locksmith says, me and the missus went to your Tippecanny nightclub for our 40th wedding anniversary. Saw you perform that bobolink number. Yeah. (laughs) 
though. He tried, bless him. He did. He was very enthusiastic. <laughs> you know, I think overall this is a really fun, very silly episode, and the physical comedy is so fun, and they both kind of get time to shine. And mm-hmm. you know what else? The way that he starts dancing when he's singing the song, but he still has one hand in mm-hmm. his pocket, it's like... I feel like it, at this point it would have looked better if you'd stood still, but like his Cubanness would He's not just allow too loud and he just can't. So, <laughs> but yeah, it was a fun episode. It was cute. So, did you have anything else you wanted to touch on? I don't think so. I, I think it was it was fun and funny. Probably not one of my favorites of the season so far. I, well, I can't imagine my favorite <laughs> my favorite, but it's it's still very funny and cute. Yeah. So. Please join us next week when we'll be discussing the operetta in which the gang busts out their performing chops again and results are mixed. Oh, well, I do love a performing arts episode, so I'm looking forward to that one. I don't want to oversell it, but I have a very, very special place in my heart for this particular episode, so I'm very excited. Is it better than Lucy writes a play? Um, I'll let you watch and then decide. All right. Well, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. All right, thank you guys for listening. Bye. Bye. Subscribe to us on your favorite podcatcher to make sure you never miss an episode. And follow us on Instagram at My Favorite Redhead, on Tumblr and Facebook at My Favorite Redhead Podcast. Tweet us at My Fave Redhead or drop us a line at My Favorite Redhead Podcast at gmail.com. And if you love Lucy and you enjoy our show, give us a good rating and review. 